Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everybody? And welcome in to the Believe in Monsters podcast. I'm your host, Joe Gates, here with my friends, Lucas Berry and Chris Krogman. Did I get it right? Krogman like Kroger. Yeah, we are your host of the Believe in Monsters podcast. We are here to get your week going or get your weekly update going forward. The Lounge Room Network of all things Chicago Bears. Uh, I want to welcome you into this week. Uh, battling a little COVID-19 on my end. I am in quarantine, day number four or five. So if I sound all over the place, it's because I am. Uh, and uh, actually, I went up to Chicago Bears training camp, and uh, Chris Krogman is going to end up uh, giving us the impact of my visit. I believe the COVID-19 uh, list for our Chicago Bears is extensive. But uh, before we get into that, I want to uh, remind you to follow us on the Twitter machine at monsters lounge on the twitter follow my friend luke berry at l berry underscore 40 follow my new friend at chris krogman at chicago oh, at shy bears 1985 see that's i'm um, all over the place his name is chris krogman his handle is at shy bears 1985 i am at joe gaither six we are uh, the believe in monsters podcast brought to you by uh one call technology your uh, one-stop place for everything uh, connectivity, internet, phone, and internet your business needs. We're going to get into some Chicago Bears training camp notes. We've been having some training camp for like, what, three or four days now for our Chicago Bears? Uh, five, six. Uh, we're more than that, yeah, over a week. And uh, get into more. But, uh, gentlemen, I've talked enough. I'm, my, I'm getting dizzy over here. Luke, what's happening, man? How you doing? Fantastic. Well, kind of. Uh, bears are dropping like flies. We got some good updates from camp, but they are dropping like flies. Uh, we got to hope that injury bug stays away and that none of these are serious. And uh, yeah, well, I mean, we'll get, we'll get into it. But Chris, how are you doing? Luke, I'm doing good, buddy. Uh, I'm really excited for the season. We have a lot of camp updates to talk about, obviously. But as we get closer and closer to the season, I've been watching more and more videos and press conferences and interviews with Nagy and Pace. And, you know, they do a lot of coach talk and a lot of GM talk, and they're going to pump their dudes up. But, man, it gets me excited. So I am really happy to be on here with you two talking about our fine Chicago Bears, Monsters of the Midway, the beloved Joe, I'm sorry you're not feeling well, buddy. That's pretty awful. I hope you didn't go up to uh, Chicago and give everybody no, your – uh, First day. That's why we oh. uh, didn't wear my oh. mask. I uh, Unfortunately, I had just only had my first shot, uh, and I'd been exposed to someone else. I, you know, they had the Rona in my body, and I was up there. Uh, he was filling Gatorade. For <laughs> 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 the outbreak, I need to apologize to uh, Chicago Bears Nation. Yeah. Who all did I give COVID-19 uh, to? Well, we had a, you know, our awesome starting nose tackle who decided to abstain last year, which is, you know, a good choice, Eddie Goldman. But now he has... Uh, 
contracted the Rona along with Elijah Wilkinson, Christian Jones, and Patrick Scales. So, super unfortunate to have those guys out, especially with the offensive line the way it is. Lucas, tell me more about the offensive line and the uh, the other injuries that you've heard about. Well, it sounds like Tevin Jenkins hasn't suited up yet in camp, which is a little bit worrisome to me. It's a, it's a back injury. Are we worried about that? <laughs> it's a back end injury back, for, right? for Jenkins. But, you know, part of me now wonders, one, is this possibly one of the reasons he fell to the second round? I, I don't know. I didn't really hear anything is about this pre-draft. Is that but... what it is, Luke? Back tightness. <laughs> tightness. But, tightness. But you see, like, I don't know. I feel like back tightness for alignment is like hamstring injuries for a wide receiver. Like, it's one of those things that normally lingers for them big guys, and you never know. Yeah, your core is important. I mean, your your back muscles, your 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 abs. You know, they. It's your whole structure. It's your tree trunks. It's where you get your power from. Your hips, your back, your your legs. So anything in that region for an offensive lineman or defensive lineman, for that matter, is going to be a problem. For me, he though, he hasn't the, seen the field. We we opened camp last Thursday, uh, which uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, uh, on Tuesday, August the third. So we've been in camp for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Uh, what's that? Almost six days now, uh, which is probably only, they've only had like four or five practices. But yeah, I'm not entirely sure what he missed, but I know like at least for the padded practices the past few days he's been out, but. For me, it's not even about the injury. Like, you know, he's a rookie, whatever, take your mental reps, sit out. For me, it's the fact that the Bears are moving him from right tackle to left tackle, you know, a position that's generally not his natural position. So um, it's just not not ideal for this situation. I mean, they're trying to throw him in there and make him start at left tackle, and he's just losing valuable reps, especially growing with the, the first team there and, you know, his new quarterback in the whole nine yards. So, uh yeah, not not ideal, um, and especially not ideal that pace let Charles Leno go, who I don't think they should have done. But I know Chris, and Joe, you probably guys have some feelings on that. So let's hear them. You know, Jenkins is out now. I think Jenkins should have been sitting or playing right tackle to start anyway. But here we are. Dude, at the end of the day, I mean, come on. At the end of the day, Leno was – hot trash last year you want to put him in the middle of the nfl at left tackle and he's not you know just because you start at the at left tackle and you have a nice contract doesn't mean that it's a good idea to keep starting that dude we had to make some tough decisions this offseason kyle fuller got axed he was almost going to be 20 million dollars leno got axed he was 10 million dollars i understand the frustration but it's clear and obvious that they are going with a more aggressive, mean, nasty type of offensive lineman. They also tried to go out and get Morgan Moses or Moses Morgan or whatever that dude's name is. They drafted two dudes last year who were also seventh rounders, just like Leno was. So do you have some faith in uh, the offensive line coach or you just want to, you know, throw Mr. Charles Leno out there as an all pro because he's not, but you know, I get your frustration. It's It sucks to have a guy on the shelf. It sucks that Jenkins is, you know, making a position change, I guess. I mean, 
whether or not you can say he's a, a natural right tackle or left tackle is in the league is yet to be seen. But like I said, they're going for the mentality of uh, nastiness and tough and b- bowl you into the ground. And guess what? Chuck Leno ain't that dude. So I'm a hundred percent still fine with the cut. We don't need an insurance plan for every single position. I, well, I think for left tackle, you do. I think it's just as important. I think quarterbacks up there, I think cornerbacks up there. And I think tackles up there for most important positions on the field. Um, and for me, I think Ryan Pace just got caught with his pants down. You know, you alluded to it. The bears took multiple late round picks. They're taking late round flyers on a guy. They're trying to plug and play in there. Um, and until they drafted Jenkins this year, obviously, but um, there, there's not really a backup plan for, you know, Ryan Pace knew this salary cap was coming, you know, at the beginning of the COVID season, he had to have known this off season, he was going to have to make some of these decisions. I mean, even if you draft a tackle to, to, to have him go out there as a rookie is a huge ask, especially in the second round, not even the first round. And, you know, you see them like guys like Cornelius Lucas go and other guys like that who played well for the bears. You could argue were better than Charles Leno. You let those guys walk before, and now you get caught with your pants down and Jenkins is hurt. And now it's just a shit storm. I'm not saying this because Jenkins is hurt. I think Leno should be on the roster regardless. And, you know, Jenkins, I think should be playing on the other side. And just having that experience on that left side is big to me. So Joe, I'll, I'll let you chime in here. Yeah. I kind of feel, uh, who, who, who was the Jets left tackle they drafted that wasn't quite ready, but then he got in with Makai Becton. Uh, yeah, but he was, he was a top 10 pick. Exactly. Exactly. It, it, but he wasn't quite ready right off the bat. And, uh, and, but he, but he also wasn't, you know, did what deal with, what are we talking about? In, uh, uh, back tightness, back tightness that he had uh, seen some time in training camp yet. So I think it's going to be important to get uh, Tevin Jenkins on the field for, for, for the, for the bears. But, uh, for the sake of Charles Leno, I'm kind of split between both you guys uh, with Chris, uh, the Krogman. Uh, I, I, I think you're right. I think Charles Leno was consistently, consistently, consistently underwhelming me and consistently letting me down and consistently making me think, like, well, that mother bleeper ain't getting any push at all. And he's just standing there getting a stalemate at best, at best, at best, a stalemate. And people did consider him to be uh, one of those, you know, top 15, 16 left tackles in the league. And especially he was on a, a pretty affordable contract for, for, for that. I don't necessarily agree that he was that great of a tackle. Maybe a little better in pass protection than run protection, but barely. barely. Uh, but for the sake of the roster, you got into a little bit of the roster, uh, the offensive line injuries earlier, but it was only one. You kind of got tripped up on Tevin Jenkins because that's the main one. Uh, but I'd like for you to elaborate for the rest of the offensive line injuries that you're going through to, to still have a guy like Charles Leno on your roster would be a huge asset. Uh, but, but with Chris, uh, I, I agree though. Like you know, you got to axe contracts in some in some places. You have to cut contracts in some places. Uh, and, 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 and Charles Leno, you know, he wasn't that dude. He wasn't the dude that you think. Oh, this is a guy I'm going to keep around for the next four to five years. That, no, he was a guy you were try- actively trying to replace. And uh, Devin Jenkins is that replacement? Well, uh, sometimes you know. You got to throw the big boy in the deep end, so we got to find out what he's made of. And you know, I ask, oh, is he a bit? Are we worried about it? You know, back tightness. I don't like that. You, you got to come in ready for your rookie season, unless there's something else going on. 
uh, prior that we didn't know about. And Luke, as you alluded to, maybe that's why he slipped in the draft. For me, though, I mean, like like we're talking about accent contracts, you know, I'm sorry. And, and Chris doesn't like me because I, I, he always calls us the dead horse. You know, you're going to cut $10 million. It's where you're paying Jimmy Graham. But you you got a replacement for Jimmy Graham, and he's been here for a year, and you're still keeping Jimmy Graham around to mentor this guy when Jimmy Graham is only giving you value toward the red zone and, you know, a little bit in the pass game. But he's not offering you anything in the run game. I mean, what's what's the difference between – to me, I'd rather have a guy mentor my rookie tackle than mentor a rookie tight end who's been in the league for a year. That's just my opinion. You want That's... Charles Leno mentoring Kevin? Get the f- come no, on, dude, bro. So, no. How, what's he going to teach him? How to be soft? I mean, hey, let, let no. me teach you how oh, to nice. be charming so, soft. So, so we have Jermaine Effetti on the other side, too, who's probably just as bad as Charles Leno. Like This, this line is just a disaster. That's my point. We got yeah, to call their pants. That's fine. Maybe. That's that's fine. Uh, whatever. I mean, here we are. Here we are. I mean, and, 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 what are you going to do? And Luke, that, that, that brings me back to our, over the last three years of our conversations with, oh, is it Mitch? Is it Nagy? Is it this? Is it that? And where I would always kind of bring it back to the offensive line is, tra- is a disaster. And it really right. has been, but, you know, okay, it, you, it's really been a work say- in progress over, over the course of time. And, you know, I felt, decently going into this season but uh over the opening of training camp it looks like things are not going so hot right and and to my argument that is you can say all you want about leno and that's fine you know he's not good if he's not that good then jenkins goes out there competes for a spot in camp and and beats him out simple as that and then you have leno as a swing tackle because injuries inevitably happen there's that, that dude can't that dude couldn't play right tackle for any team in the league. He can't be a swing. He's a left only technician that is a decent pass blocker and a god awful run blocker. So well, I'm gonna jump back saying, to oh, you, you can le- leverage on anybody. You could. I'm just saying, make make the guy take the job from him then, because I I just I don't I'm not a fan of throwing rookie linemen into the fire. Okay, I agree with you uh, on, on rookie alignment. Talk to me about, because we're probably going to end up playing a little Larry, Larry Borum. Talk to me about the rest of the offensive line injuries that they got going on with, with COVID and with the injuries. What's uh, up with Fetty? What is his injury? I honestly don't uh, know if I, I didn't have. see that one. I saw Daniels, James Daniels couldn't finish practice with a thigh injury. Um, as far as, as you know, Fetty didn't practice. Uh, let's see here. Do, do, do. From Chicago Audible, uh, this isn't any offensive lineman that they have. Uh, uh, could not, James Daniels couldn't finish practice. So they didn't have any offensive lineman other than that. Uh, I didn't see anything on Effetti. Uh, but uh, but you, we mentioned James Daniels. Uh, we uh, I thought there was someone else. Excuse me. Oh, Will, Will, I'm lost. Effetti has a head. If Eddie has a hip flexor issue, um, but you know, a, a couple people reported today that uh, I think Nagy even said that Pace is keeping his ear to the ground or eye on the offensive tackle market. So, you know, if they go out and sign a Russell Okung or a Mitchell Schwartz or a Rick Wagner, are you okay then, or do you still want to bring Leno back? Like in some sort of weird trade with their with their Redskins or whoever. Oh, no, I'm up. not advocating we bring bring one no, back. No, no, I fine. think Lucas I, just loves this dude though. 
No, the Bears just need a vet. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't have to be Leno. They just they need a vet, in my opinion. They need uh, an experienced guy. And all due respect to Elijah Wilkinson, he's not that guy. I want a guy with starting experience, a guy who's played a decent amount in the league. And those guys you just named are perfect. Russell, uh, is, is it Okung? Okung? Okung. How do you say it? Okung. I know he's, he's been in the league for a little bit. I like Rick Wagner. He's 33. He's yeah, 33. I like Okun. Wag, Wagner had a pretty... Go ahead, Wagner. Oh, I'm sorry. My uh, my, my laptop was bugging out there. Uh, I was going <laughs> to say, Wa- Wagner was... Wagner had a few decent years, and then he, he went to the lines, and he wasn't so hot. But um, he, had, he had some good years behind him at the beginning of his career. No, I I mean Rick Wagner to me is a is a right tackle. Uh, I, my favorite of those guys is Russell Okung. He can at least you know man the left tackle spot. Yeah. He's been there before. He's he's a vet, like you said. He I would ha- rather have him be you know the groomer type than a a Leno. I mean. Russell Okung isn't this guy anymore, but he has been a an elite talent at one point in the league. So I'd be good with that, you know. And and if I remember correctly, before the draft, Pace was trying to get Trent Williams, or was that there was talks about them signing Trent Williams? So. I understand Pace, you know, you know, in the frustration with the fan base that Pace, you know, has got, you know, to your to put it your way, Lucas caught with his pants down. But again, it's not like he didn't do something. You know, going after Williams is a big try to get. Um drafting Jenkins, who a lot of people pre-draft would have been okay with him at 20. Yeah. So let's pretend that the fields thing doesn't happen and they take Jenkins at 20. Are you more okay with them starting a rookie left tackle if they drafted him higher? It doesn't, I mean, to me that this draft position, you know, in the second round doesn't really matter. I don't think his injury has anything to do with him dropping. I did hear some things about him dropping and it was more to do with, like uh Chris, it's, it's not even it's not even that man it's the fact that his body type and his natural position is generally a right tackle so to your concerns with some of these other guys putting him at left tackle in the nfl all of a sudden you know it's doable but making him start right away there just doesn't it doesn't sit well with me and joe and i had um we had a, you know, a guy who works for Pro Football Network, um, a scout for them, come on here and tell us just how, how tough that transition can be for some guys and, and why he doesn't think Jenkins will be great at left tackle. I mean, only time will tell, but it's just putting him in that unnatural position is what scares me most for him starting right away. Especially if he was a, if he was a natural left tackle, there. if he was a natural left tackle and that's all he played in college and he was – dominant in it okay I'm, I'm fine with that no problem but it's not the case that's that's more so the root of my concern well we're gonna have to see how the offensive line develops over the next couple of weeks and, and, and luckily we're gonna get one more episode in uh, 
uh, yeah, we're going to get one more episode in before uh, the Bears hit the field against the uh, Miami Dolphins on Saturday, August 14th. So we'll have another yeah, episode to kind of see how the camp go- goes over the next week or so uh, with the offensive line, and, and we'll get into some of that uh, going forward. Uh, we need to let's, change let's, the subject here. Yeah, we, yeah, we need no, to get into uh, something, something good. Let's talk yeah. about these QBs. Okay, yeah. Uh, the quarterbacks, well, exactly. The offensive line ha- has had its kind of like, oh, we, we don't know what's going on right there. Uh, we're worried about that. Uh, the quarterbacks, all three, uh, have received rave reviews uh, from uh, reporters. Uh, my, my, my personal favorite, I think Chris Krogman and I enjoy Hogan Johns. Uh, and then, uh, obviously, your Nagy's and your Paces are going to talk up all three of their guys. So you got to kind of take that as a, with a grain of salt. But all three guys getting pretty big praise uh for the first five or six days of training camp uh how much of this is just pure kool-aid because i gotta remember the uh oh mitchell has never looked better yeah 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 you know bullshit honestly uh but how much how, how much of that is, is is just uh pr and spin zone or, or are we getting excited about these quarterbacks chris krogman I'm really excited about these quarterbacks and I know we'll get into QB three at some point, but let's talk about QB one and QB two QB one right now is Andy Dalton and all reports are that he is looking very sharp at camp. Uh, Nagy said that he could, if they had a game tomorrow, he'd be fine. He knows the playbook well enough. He's got the timing down well enough with his guys that he you know, could go out there and run the offense just fine. And that amount of confidence this early and, you know, in addition to everybody or every report I've seen saying he looks sharp, gives me a lot of confidence in Andy Dalton. You know, those two things combined. Yeah, we got some coach speak in there, but you also got reporters kind of confirming that, you know, hey, yeah, he knows he knows what he's doing. He's a 10-year vet. He looks good. He gets the ball out quick. Ain't nothing wrong with Andy Dalton. It would have been nice to have him last year instead of QB3, but we didn't. So um, QB2 also has looked pretty good from all reports. He either leaves you with a wow throw at one point or another throughout the day, or he does something special. Uh, everything's going to be a little inconsistent because he's a rookie and it's his first year in the league. And we're only five, six, seven days into camp, you know, six practices or whatever. But he now can not just hear the plays come in, he can visualize them and he can spit them out in the huddle. And he's Justin even talked about how much different he is from rookie until now. Uh, Lucas, how are you feeling about your prediction that Mr. Fields would start game one now? <laughs> well, I felt pretty confident about that at first, but uh, you know, kind of as time went on, I, I think I, I took it back a little bit. Um, I, I, in my opinion, you know, if I was in Nagy's shoes, it, it's really tough to not start Fields Week One. But kind of, I think the Bears are are too deep in with Andy Dalton at this point. I mean, they already basically promised the guy a starting job when he came here. So I think they're just going to give it to him until he screws up. Um, so it is what it is. But uh, yeah, I mean, having Andy Dalton play well in camp is about as good of news for Bears fans as we could possibly want. I mean for as much talk in the offseason about Andy Dalton this and he how terrible he is and yada yada he's better than any quarterback the Bears have had in in you know a few years like no lie like 
Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles, you know, Michael Lennon, they were just, they're so bad. I think Andy Dalton is literally like Joe always says this. People always say the Bears just need a serviceable QB. Andy Dalton is literally that guy. I mean, people try to sell themselves on Foles. I was one of them, the whole nine yards. Andy Dalton is that guy. He knows the playbook. He's familiar with laser. He's a true pro. I mean, this is basically if Andy Dalton was a lineman, that's the guy I want mentoring Tevin Jenkins. You know, like this is the guy I want Justin Fields sitting behind and learning from. And now that he has a beard, dude, you're going to refer to him as Andrew Dalton, the adult. Oh, Andrew Dalton, <laughs> the red rifle. No, but uh, no, and, and to, to Chris's point, I mean, Justin Fields is just so exciting for Bears fans. Um, even some of the clips you're seeing of him making in camp, like Mitch couldn't even dream think of throwing like some you know i saw a ridiculous thrower he was on his back foot getting chased by defenders threw across his body which he would never advise an nfl qb to throw and he somehow completed it um you know you saw him dropping dimes today and there uh you hear every day about how he's making defenders miss and now that the pads are on i mean this is where it gets real this is where field separates himself from dalton because fields runs a 4-4 andy dalton fucking runs a 5-5-7 or whatever the hell he's running i, I don't know what I don't know what he's running, but he's not evading pressure like Fields. So pads on, it gets real. But overall, I think Dalton is uh, is going to be the starter, um, which isn't necessarily bad if he's serviceable, like we said. And then uh, one final thing that stood out to me today, Presser, um, someone asked Fields what, you know, they said, what is, you know, what is coming easiest to you about this? And Fields talked about how the passing concepts are very similar to what he ran at Ohio State. Um, which is is something that um, I don't know if you guys ever watched the Brett Coleman videos, but he did kind of the evolution of the spread offense. And a lot of these concepts that Ryan Day runs are similar. He he incorporates a lot of those West Coast spread type concepts. So a lot of the passing concepts are very similar and a very easy transition for some of these guys in the league, um, which is which is huge. I mean, instead of memorizing passing concepts and plays this guy's out there just being able to sling it which is nice joe i just talked a lot there i'm gonna kick it down to you how you feeling oh man i mean like you said i i've always made you know kind of a jest and sarcastic thing that because people always oh all the bears need is a serviceable quarterback behind that great defense especially uh in 2018 when people were questioning whether mitchell was uh whether gonna be that guy or not uh and so andy dalton andrew dalton excuse me i'll follow your lead there andrew dalton uh the red rifle is i you know i think he's the kind of guy that is going to be that serviceable quarterback he's always been kind of that joking fantasy football the the andy dalton line uh if you've got a guy that's scoring about andy dalton level points you're playing at about average uh you know so i'm excited to see what he's gonna be uh i'm excited to see how he can incorporate uh david montgomery sec uh next year Uh, i'm I'm excited to see how he's gonna mess with alan robinson you know get alan robinson a serviceable quarterback 
uh, not Maserati Mitch throwing the ball all over the yard, testing his catch radius. Uh, you know, he's certainly still going to have to make some contested catches, but Andrew Dalton, I think, is going to give him a lot more opportunities uh, to maximize his skill set. You know, and he's just going to be, be able to, to, to really uh, let Matt Nagy do what he wants to do on offense much more than feel like he's handicapped by, oh, well, Mitchell can't make this throw. Mitchell can't make this read. You know, I've got to limit to just half, you know, this, these concepts. Uh, so, so I'm excited to see what the offense will be with Andrew Dalton and you know while I'm more excited obviously about Justin Fields uh, people different people have asked me oh you know Justin Fields Justin Fields Andy Andy Dalton you know we're gonna play Andrew Dalton until until the wheels fall off really I think we're gonna play him until until he becomes unserviceable because until he plays losing football uh, and whether that whether he can do that for us for three weeks for six weeks for 10 weeks I think we're going to give him a chance to play as well as he can uh, just to incubate Justin Fields as long as possible. And, and, and because why not? That's why you pay Andy, Andy Dalton all that money. We saw that with, with Mike Glennon. We were going to play him much longer with, with Mitchell Trubisky, but he was simply just fucking inept. <laughs> and so you couldn't hang on any longer without throwing Trubisky out there. So I think we're going to see uh, Dalton be a lot more serviceable and be able to run the offense for a lot longer. And uh, so, you know, Bears fans who want to see Justin Fields, and we all do, and Luke, you're you going to make an argument. You, you, made an argue, you have made an argument before about him starting week one. We all want to see him play, uh, but I think we're going to have to get behind Danny Dalton for a little while. Yeah, I mean, you guys would probably say this is probably the best situation for the Bears right now, right? You frozen again, Lucas? Yeah, best situation. Uh, Dalton playing well, uh, you know, kind of taking the reins, knowing his role, uh, but also teaching Fields everything he knows about being a pro quarterback. Justin even said in his press conference, I believe it was yesterday, that Andy has been, you know, nothing but a pro teaching him everything about the offense that he can. Whenever Justin has a question, he goes straight to Andy. Andy is always re- Andrew drew uh, Dalton is always ready to be a willing teacher and, you know, kind of work with fields on just, you know, getting command of the offense and getting command of his guys. You know, Dalton, I think one of his biggest strengths is kind of what kind of what Foles brought last year was just, you know, that that confidence in knowing the offense and knowing, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. You know, Cole Komet, this is where I want you to be. Uh, uh, Allen Robinson, this is where I want you to be. This is how I want you to run this route. You ran it great. I know you're supposed to do this here. I would like to hit you here. How do you feel about that? Cool. Awesome. Let's roll. And that's what I think he brings to the table and will teach Justin how to do uh, in, in the future. And, you know, going back to what Nagy said about him knowing the offense already, uh, the next question to Nagy was, okay, so where does Dalton go from here? And he's like, it's just timing now. Now it's just getting used to his guys, getting uh, the timing down and, and getting reps. So here we go. 
Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm with you. And, you know, really what I think will separate these guys in the game is one I alluded to, Justin Fields' ability to kind of evade pressure, pick up yards um, when plays break down. But two is really going to be, you know, we're going to see a game week one versus the Rams if Andy Dalton had, like, if Andy Dalton is missing Darnell Mooney and, you know, Marquise Goodwin and Demir Bird on these, you know, on these go routes, like, those are going to be the shots the Bears have to hit this year. The Bears are not going to be a great football team. They're going to have to get plays when they can. Andy Dalton's going to have to make some of these big plays, and that's somewhere the Bears – I mean, I saw a stat. I think Mitch was like – I think he completed two balls last year over 25 yards. Like, his completion percentage was abysmal. And then, I mean, we saw it all year with Foles, too. He's just so bad. I mean, overthrown guys all the time. Now the Bears have a lot of speed, like – they're going to need to hit those home runs. And I think that's where we're going to kind of see the differentiation if Andy Dalton has it or not. So um, for now, though, you know, great news. And Chris, you mentioned Cole Kmet. I've heard Cole Kmet is having a fantastic camp so far. Have you heard that too? I heard he's doing a great job separating, um, doing really good. And that Nagy really, really wants to get him involved this year. I'm, I'm excited for the kid. Yeah, I agree. He, I have heard the same thing. He's gone, uh, you know, did really well in OTAs, was getting that separation. Um, sounds like he knows the offense. Uh, Nagy specifically talked about a play uh, for tight ends that he had drawn up that really wasn't working out last year. Um, but this year, they kind of came back to it, re-ran it, and now it's just clicking really well. Don't know if that's Dalton. Don't know if that's Komet or, you know, Graham or whatever. But it sounds like uh, tight end is going to be a big piece of this offense this year. Komet specifically has, you know, sounded good in the past game, but has also sounded really good in the, in the run game. He's had some excellent, um, uh, pass block or not pass, but some run blocking going on today. And, um, I'm looking forward to this season for Cole Komet. He went through that tight end university with, uh, uh, Travis Kelsey and, um, George Kittle, George Kittle and, you know, from what I understand, he he soaked it all in and really enjoyed the experience. Nagy called him on day one, um, just really congratulated him for being uh, invited there and for being a part of that and how cool it was that those guys put that on. And, and I agree, you know, you see, you see it now more and more where these professionals positions are getting together and talking about, you know, how to play the position, how to, um, beat their opponents. And, um, and I love it. It's great that, um, that he's a part of that. So I'm really excited for Cole. Joe, what's your, what's your take on the tight ends and uh, Cole Komet specifically? Ooh, I'm excited about uh, RoboCop. I'm, I'm I'm pumped to see what we're gonna do, what we're gonna get out of him for his second year. You know, uh, to a guy who's talked about you know playing in his home city, uh, you know, being right there, Notre Dame guy. I'm pumped to see what we're gonna get out of him. And you know, you talk about. Oh, Jimmy Graham, we don't want to pay, you know, $10 million, a big waste of money. You know, I think it's up to Cole Komet whether it's going to be a, a waste of $10 million or not. You know, I think I, I think the, you know, Graham's going to be a, a pretty good, uh, pretty, pretty good red zone kind of guy. But, but if Cole Komet can get open, you know, between the 20s and, and, and develop into a red zone option, maybe he does make 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 make, uh, make Jimmy Graham a waste that $10 million. I'm excited to see what we, what we get out of him with a – shit. 
And I think everything changes when you get when you have a quarterback who's serviceable, a quarterback who can play, a quarterback who can run the offense, you know, uh, a quarterback who can read defenses and, and and get the ball out, get the ball to where it's supposed to go. So whether it's Andy Dalton or Justin Fields, I think uh, either quarterback being better uh, better adept to reading defenses and running the offense is going to just spell just great things for all, for every other receiving option. Yeah, I completely agree, Joe. The tight end position has been important in this style offense for a while. And what kind of excites me a little bit about, you know, what you touched on briefly was with Dalton and having a serviceable quarterback is I think about his time in Cincinnati and when he had a healthy Tyler Eifert, how awesome that connection was, you know, and then you you add in a guy that, you know, we touched on a little bit. I think last week in, in Jesse James, who has also looked pretty good in camp and has formed a bit of a uh, relationship with Justin Fields already. And that's, that's fantastic too. I mean, you get a, a deep room like that now with uh, James and Komet and Graham and whoever shakes out, it's probably going to end up being Holtz, uh, maybe Horstead. I just don't see that coming right now though. But uh, yeah, I, I really like our tight end room. It sounds like it's going to be a key piece of this offense. And with a serviceable quarterback like Dalton, we could uh, we could make some noise there. Lucas, do you have any points on the uh, – I want to wrap it up on the tight end real quick. I, I want to spin this to a different topic, but I don't want to cut you off there. Yeah, I'm going to kick it right back to you. But I was just going to say I'm just sick of all this negativity on – you know, I'm seeing – all this negativity about Cole Kmet on like Twitter and social media and shit. Like, give the dude a chance. Like, people take it out on him that he was picked or he was. Like, just give the guy a chance. I he played well when he was given a chance last year. I don't care about your advanced statistics and how much separation he gets. Give the guy a damn chance. I can tell you, he just everything everyone says about him is nothing but good things. He's a hard worker. We'll see. Give the guy a shot. I mean, we, we did it with Mitch. Why can't we do it with a freaking tight end <laughs> in year two? Like, come on now. Come on, please. Let's go. Well, we got to give everybody a chance. And if you're back, if you're wearing the, 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 uh, the Navy blue and orange, I'm giving everybody a chance. Uh, I'm kind of like a blind believer in whoever's wearing our uniform. Uh, but uh, what I want to talk about Luke and Luke and Chris is about the preseason schedule where we've cut it down from three, uh, from four to, th- to three games. And uh, really, like, I understand why we do it. You know, we, we add, add another game on the back end. It means more. It makes better, more revenue, whatever. What's it going to mean? You know, because I'm the kind of fan who, you know, right now, you know, kind of been going through some stuff with the COVID-19. I've been a little less than plugged in for the last week or so. Uh, but, but I'm the type of fan who, you know, on Saturday, August 14th at 12 o'clock, I'm going to have a stream of our damn preseason game going. And, and, and all three games. And, and, and every, and mo, mo, every year, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a stream of our preseason games. I'm going to watch all, the, all, the back end of our roster play. You know, I, I – I, I know what I'm expecting out of Andy Dalton. I know what I'm expecting uh, out of a guy like David Montgomery. What's it going to look like? You know, we, we all know that over oh, the third preseason game, the starters play the most. They play and then they get pulled. You know, the fourth preseason game is relatively trash. Like, how do you think, Chris, the structure of preseason is going to go? Do we think Andy Dalton's going to get a lot of snaps like, in, in certain games? Do we Can I expect to see Justin Fields in Nashville playing the, the Titans in week three? Like, well, what are we going to expect to see out of like 
the approach that Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace take to these three preseason games. So from my understanding and from what Nagy was saying in one of the press conferences is that the young guys are going to get the snaps. They're going to get as much, um, as many looks as possible. You know, we kind of know what Dalton is. We kind of know what Jimmy Graham is. We know what a lot of these guys are. What they don't know uh, is, you know, you know what Justin is that he needs he needs reps with the ones he needs reps with anybody really on the NFL field against real NFL defenses even if some of those guys are going to be bagging groceries in a few weeks he still needs those reps in in the offense uh you're going to see a lot of the young corners that you know are in a battle right now you're going to see the the competition as a whole um and, and and I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm a big preseason guy as well. I like watching all these guys, even down to the last quarter where you're seeing dudes that are that are never gonna make the team. But um uh, it's those those last string guys that you just you're never sure of uh that end up making the squad and contributing later in the year. So I'm looking forward to it. Lucas, what about you? Yeah, I am uh I'm happy they took uh, one preseason game out. I, I got to be honest with you. I, I don't love the preseason. I mean, you guys are right. It's it's great for the coaches. Uh, for me, it's just like I, I just want the season here, man. You know, I'm, I'm just ready for the for the real deal. Um, I feel like way too many guys always get hurt in the preseason. It's such a shame to see. Um, you know, I, I watch it. I, I am interested to see, you know, some of these roster guys battle for spots. And obviously, football's back. That's what we all want. But, um I think four games is a bit much. So I'm happy they dialed it back to three. Um, and, and we'll see a lot of these guys that uh, there's a lot of fan favorites that are some preseason hall of famers that end up not doing much during the regular season. So um, like the Ryan Nulls and, and those guys of the world, but honestly, you know what? I you know what? I, I'm most excited to watch. Like you mentioned, Chris, those D backs. I mean, the Duke Shelleys, the Kendall Vildors of the world, um, you, you know, how are those guys? And uh, what's his name? The rookie, too. The rookie from Oregon. Thomas Graham. Thomas Graham, yep. Um, those three, I mean, that's going to be an interesting battle. Who's going to be the slot corner? Who is going to get some reps at, you know, who's going to get some reps at safety? You know, there's a few guys that didn't play last year um, that we have on the roster that are supposedly pretty good. Um, you know, Jordan Lucas, Marquis uh, Christian, um, seeing those guys back there. So um, defensive back will be really interesting for the Bears. And something I just thought of, guys, um, so it seems like this Tariq Cohen injury is more serious than people think. I mean, word is out that he's still limping and that, um, you know, he's still a few weeks away. I mean, the Bears kind of crowded backfield room, if you will, is kind of making sense now. I mean, you know, the Damian Williams of the world and, uh, you know, the kid they drafted from Virginia Tech, uh, Khalil Herbert, um, all kind of making sense behind David Montgomery. Um, I mean, it'll be interesting to see some of those guys get reps and who knows if they'll even carry another running back if Cohen's not ready to start the season. Um, maybe the kid they, they undrafted free agent from uh, Coastal Carolina, C.J. Maribel. Do you know anything about this C.J. Maribel? He's actually supposedly pretty good, is what people have said. I haven't watched too much of him. His name is C.J. Maribel. That's that's what I know about him. And Lucas well, just told me. You're wearing navy blue and orange, and I'm on your side. 
So go bears. <laughs> but no, seriously. I mean, what, what, what do you guys make of that? I mean, if Tariq Cohen isn't ready to start the season, that's, that's kind of a big issue for this bears offense. I mean, he's the bears paid him. The bears gave him a nice payday. Um, I personally don't like paying running backs, but I do think Tariq Cohen is more almost more of a receiver than a running back. He's like that weird hybrid. So I do think you got to pay your weapons. Um, but, I mean, what do you guys make of that? Can Damian Williams kind of fill that role? He's not really as shifty, but he, you know, he has solid hands. What, what do you guys think about this running back room? Uh, I'll touch on Treat Cohen first. It's it's concerning. You know, he had surgery on an ACL injury that shouldn't take eleven months. I think it's been since he uh, has been on the field. It's it should be like a six to nine month injury. <clears throat> And if he's still limping, that's a, that's a bit concerning uh, for me, especially for a guy that is a slasher that needs his his legs and his his cut ability to to do his thing. You know, uh, like you said, Lucas, he's more of a weapon than he is a running back. You know, he he's not your three hundred and twenty carry a year. You know, guy that's probably you know, I was gonna say get injured. But what I mean is, you know, get the workload that's going to end up getting him injured or just get the touches that are end up getting him injured. He had a freak injury. ACLs are, are freak accidents most of the time. So that's unfortunate, but it is it's concerning that he's he's not back out there. Can Damian Williams fill fill that role? I think he can fill a third down change of pace, catch the ball out of the backfield type role. And he's also, you know, had some nice splashes in camp. Uh, I read something today that he put a move on Roquan and and got loose for a for a dump off pass. So that's nice to hear. I mean, he's not, you know, it's just one play though. I mean, so Tariq's done it for a while. Um, he was he was so much fun his rookie season, um, but uh, yeah, that that injury's uh, bothersome. As far as the rest of the running back room, I'm excited to see Herbert. Uh, Obviously, Montgomery is going to be a, a, a stud, and uh, we'll see what else shakes out. Yeah, I think I honestly think Herbert's going to be a bigger piece of this offense than people think. I've said it before. I think he's really good. I think the Bears got pretty good value on him in the fifth round, at least from what I've seen and, and all the reports I've read. You know, you also expect him to return kicks, but. I think this Tariq Cohen injury might also shed light on why the Bears are bringing so much speed in as well. I mean, the Bears could very the Bears are could use one of those you know either Bird or, or Goodwin in the uh, in the slot in the kind of uh, zebra role, if you will, where they use them as a gadget player um, on on reverses and stuff like that. I mean, um, so one of those receivers could also fill that void, which is interesting theory, but. Joe, what, what do you make of all this? Okay, so I'm going to agree with a lot of that stuff, but I'm going to disagree here. Uh, the uh, As a fellow I've torn my ACL twice guy, uh, it is an injury that is very uh, – it's hard to come back from, uh, and this is speaking from an average, 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 average high school athlete. Uh, Would you say an average Joe? An average Joe? Exactly, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Cohen, we know, we, we know him for his exceptional uh, speed, exceptional uh, agility. Uh, but I'm going to disagree with you, Chris, that uh, six months is the fast side of an ACL. Uh, and while he's out, uh, well, you said 11 months. When, when did he have surgery? I said uh, six to nine was the, was the 
rough time frame for a professional athlete is probably oh, yes, what I is. meant. And uh, I, I I read 11 months. I can't exa- – I don't know when he has surgery. 11 I months would have made him have surgery. would have made him have uh, – would have made him have uh, – uh, July surgery. of last year. Sur- sur- yeah, you know. So, Tariq, I think that we need to be a little more patient with him, but that's exactly why you bring in more depth and more speed at the running back position. Early October is when he had surgery last year. Hello? Lucas? What do you think, think about Tur- the timeline? I think, think Terry Cohen's on the phone with him right now. Joe just so, got a call from Hallis, and it was Terry Cohen saying, "Quit talking Cohen shit about saying, me." Well, don't talk shit about me. I'm, uh, I, I, you know, I'm sorry for that. I was like, "Who the heck is calling me now?" Uh, it was Terry Cohen saying, "I'm gonna get back, Chris Krogman, uh, but just give me a little extra time." Ryan Pace brought in uh, Khalil Herbert and some of the some of the boys to uh, just uh, tide me over. But uh, you know, I, I, I think Tariq will get back. Uh, but I'm, but I am excited about the depth of the running back position. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, uh, I think it's going to be a solid room. I don't think David, David Montgomery is, you know, your superstar or anything, but he's a, he's a definitely a very solid back. He's not, you know, Zeke Elliott or Adrian Peterson or, you know, even Saquon Barkley, but he's, he's very serviceable and very much a, a workhorse that can carry this offense uh, if and when the time comes and to have the other kind of sparks out of that backfield, your Damian Williams and hopefully Tariq Cohen soon and Khalil Herbert. I think we're going to see some fireworks. Let's uh, let's flip this over to the other side of the ball. I've heard some really good things about the defense here in camp that they're showing out early. Um, it sounds like the defensive line is playing really, really well. Um, and then also I'm hearing really good things about the edge rushers, Khalil Mack, uh, Robert Quinn. Um, Robert Quinn is uh, just a guy in the Bears whose uh, sister is an Olympic medalist, but he's just a random football player that's on our team. Um, and then the the big, big name I've been hearing is uh, Travis Gibson. Sounds like he's been having a really good camp so far. Looks like he's bulked up a lot in the offseason. So uh, this is great news for the Bears. I'm expecting a huge bounce back under Sean Desai here. Um, I really don't have too much to say about this group. I just I expect them to be really good. Um, no surprises that they've been dominating the offense, at least for in the first few days, and uh, dominating the offensive line. I mean, that's that's what they need to do this year. They definitely do. Um, it's exciting to get the the front three back. I know Eddie Goldman is under the COVID protocol, but to get him and Nichols and Akeem Hicks back in the back in the mix. Um, all together again is going to be an exciting group. Uh, it's good to hear Tevin Jenkins is or Tevin Jenkins, geez Louise, uh, Travis Gibson. Travis Gibson is showing out a bit. Uh, Robert Quinn has also had some some high praise from the coaching staff, along with Jeremiah Tachu, uh, who's who's played you know it, uh, in the league for a while now and has who can be that third. Um, 
third guy off the edge when need be, or maybe even fourth guy if Gibson can can show up and show out. But uh, I'm also hearing uh, good things about uh, I can't remember his name, the defensive lineman that Charles was Snowden. To, no. But yes, I hear good things about Charles Snowden as well. Uh, what's his name now? Edward Snowden. Oh yes, the guy we talked to, the guy we talked about last week. The guy we're like, oh, who's that? Oh, he's on our D line. Yeah, but I so I I kind of did Blackson. it. Is that there we go. There we go. Yes, Angela sir. Angelo Blackson. Yeah. So I did a little. Uh, Is he brothers with Michael Blackson? Y'all remember that comedian? <laughs> <laughs> I think it is his, his younger cousin, and uh, he's been ripping up the Bears' uh, locker room with some jokes. But on the on the field, uh, I did a little Twitter research or Twitter not poll per se, but I kind of asked some guys around the uh, Twitterverse about uh, Blackson, and they, they had some good things to say. A lot of people think he could be a, a kind of a diamond in the rough, another guy that you know pace plucked off the free agent market uh, that could that could you know, add some depth and add some, some nice plays to this defense. Uh, and Pace even brought him up in his uh, interview with Hogan Johns that, that he's a good addition to the, to the room. So I'm excited for that front front four or front seven, uh, including the linebackers, the inside and outside linebackers. Um, again, unfortunate that Christian Jones has COVID. He's been playing well. Uh, I've seen some nice accolades from some guys Why that have. the bleepers have the shot yet, Chris Krogman? You gave it to him, you fucking We're, Gatorade man. We are not you getting Gatorade? into that, Gator. Yeah, dude. Do you want to win Do you want to win a Super Bowl or not? That, that's what it's going to take. You look at you, you. I'm sorry. This is a little insider information. I live in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. You look at you look, look at the University of Alabama. You got every single one of those mother bleepers on the Alabama Crimson Tide have the shot. Because they want to win a championship. Because we're not sitting down for any All that. That's because Nick Saban isn't. Nick Saban's an asshole, and he no, made no, him do no, it. No, 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 no. All that to lose to Auburn, dude. Rough. <laughs> Undefeated <Steve>. last year. <laughs> Against Auburn. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, so what? Pretty bad last year. <laughs> Cam, bad Newton made, Cam Newton ain't back there. Yeah, Cam Newton was like 11 years ago, guys. Let's get a new joke. I, I got nothing other than <laughs> no, I'm, got just nothing. Saying, I'm just saying like uh, I know we don't want to get into the pool, the politics of things and everybody needs to make the best decisions for themselves but objectively speaking if you want to win in the league right now with the way the the the, the, the circumstances are kind of being kind of laid out there by the NFL they're kind of forcing you into it. So uh, well, well, it's such for Christian Jones and the like to get to get well, on. Before we, before we get Go too ahead. far into it, I just want to say, like, you know, even like these guys are most likely getting tested every day, if I had to guess. Yeah. So, like, even if yeah. you get vaccinated, you can still carry it. So, like, if that's in your system, they're going to shut you down regardless. So, like, Eddie Goldman said he was vaccinated the whole nine yards. He still got it. Like, it happens. Um, it sounds like these guys had but – you can still contract it you just your symptoms are not going to be as bad and hopefully those guys can quarantine or whatever and get back to the team soon but we'll leave it at that um i'll say one brief thing i'll say one brief thing about that you know chris paul got it during the nba finals and he was back in like three games because he had been vaccinated and i think the nba had rules around if you are vaccinated you know the turnaround time is much quicker to get back in playing action so 
hopefully that's all true for everybody that's in the protocol right now for our beloved and uh we can get back to talking about this defense and this secondary uh have you heard anything about some of the guys that have been uh you know we kind of briefly touched about thomas graham and and vildor uh jalen johnson i did see had a spectacular play today on the nice sideline ripping the ball out of uh chris adams hands or brian <laughs> adams or yeah <laughs> anthony, anthony <laughs> adams dude uh well what i was gonna say is well there's just so much hype about justin fields you're just not hearing anything about this defense but something i will say is like in a lot of these justin fields videos in seven on sevens he's like double pumping and triple pumping the ball because uh the the defense is just getting coverage sacks like in the real game if he held on to the ball that long he would get freaking murdered but it's uh it's good to see in seven on sevens that that defense is blanketing some of those receivers um so and that's not a knock against Justin Fields. It's seven on seven is uh probably favors. I don't know. It's, it's pretty evenly matched, but coverage sack is huge for the defense. Uh, did you guys see the Bears' new like turnover bucket thing? It's like a trash can with a basketball hoop in it. No. I don't I don't know what it's for. Uh, like it has a little basketball hoop over this like trash can, and I guess they throw oh, the football in there no. when they pick it off or whatever. It was what interesting. Do they throw it in there? Do they dunk it? Yeah. Or what do they do? I, I got no clue. I saw a picture of it on the sidelines, and someone said it was like the turnover bucket. And I said, what the fuck is that thing? Well, let's not do anything with the trash can on the sideline because we all know that that's just ready-made for memes going the wrong way. Dude, the Bears uh, don't care about the memes, bro. I know, but that's stupid. That's not smart. You got to think, okay, Tennessee Titans had had very uh, Tennessee Vols had a very similar type uh, trash can thing on the sidelines. It's uh, called Swagger, Joe. It's called uh, Swagger. Joe, you want to tell me that the Bears defense doesn't care about memes and showing out? Do you remember 2018? You remember like them conducting the orchestra yeah, yeah, and then all the other shit they did? Because the if the Bears give up 50 on the, uh, you know, on any Ain't given happen. Sunday. Dude, Angela Blackson will not let that happen. <laughs> I don't care if they have the Detroit Lions on the sidelines to dunk basketballs on. <laughs> It doesn't matter. We're swagging out, yo. We're going back to uh, Club Dub. We're going back to Swag Surfing, Sean Desai, Turnover City, and let's go. Bear down. All right, you guys, this might be a hot take, very hot take. Turn it up. I don't even want to go here yet. We're in the kitchen. Turn it up. Do you guys think Yes. if Matt Nagy were to have a bad year and get fired? Yeah and say the defense is really good, would the Bears consider Sean Desai? This is just a very hypothetical. Would the Bears consider Sean Desai as hiring their head coach? Or would this be another Vic Fangio situation where they're like, hey, uh, thank you for your service. We'll give you an interview, but we want to hire uh, Brian Dayball or someone like that. Does Pace get fired in this scenario first? Yeah, we'll just say everyone gets fired. Then no, Desai's out. All right, say Nagy gets fired and Pace stays. Mm, 30-70 that Desai that stays. I still, I mean, he's one, he'd be one year as a defensive coordinator. I don't think I'm they sorry, would. this is just, yeah, I mean, yeah, but look at Brandon Staley. Like, you would have to, yeah, yeah I don't think Brandon, Brandon Staley didn't get a job this last year, and he's been, at, he's been a DC for two years now, right? And he didn't get a, he didn't he even get an interview. 
he got a job with the char he's the head coach of the chargers yes sir and i am i am i am not paying attention don't don't listen to me i did not know that the chargers are the atlanta falcons of the west coast continuously yeah that's that's what i was saying like this is Sean Desai, not comparing the two, but he's kind of the same way. Like Staley was in the Bears system as a coordinator forever. He was their linebackers coach. Out of the blue, took a D coordinator job at the Rams. He had a phenomenal defense. I mean, just not only the way he coached, but just like the players on there were phenomenal. And boom, he got a head coaching job with the Chargers. I mean, that's that's incredible. I, I did not realize that. I'm too much of a Bears fan. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I <laughs> – no, I don't only because I don't see the Meskaskis doing something like that. They would probably go back to the, you know, old man retread uh, role and, and get like Wade Phillips to come back and, and coach the team or maybe Brian Not, Dayball, but I just don't see that. Yeah. I, don't tell I'm me Wade actually, Phillips is dead or something, man. I'm, I'm going to look stupid. <laughs> No, he he's not. Uh, did Chris? Did I tell you one time in our uh, we have a Bears group chat, and one time before uh, this was like a year ago, we added Wade Phillips to the group chat, and we were just like tagging him in all of our messages, and like, dude, it was so funny. Joe remembers, dude. Like Wade, like Wade Phillips was just in the chat. He obviously never answered, but he was just there, and like, you just wonder if like this guy ever opened his. He answered me. About. If he ever opened a Twitter and read the messages, he'd be like, "What the <laughs> fuck is this fan base?" <laughs> He's like, "Wait, Phillips has entered the chat. Who the <laughs> fuck are you guys?" <laughs> yeah, oh, it's Lucas Berry. It's Lucas Berry from Believe in Monsters. Look the fuck out! I'm taking that job now. Nah, but let's. Uh, hopefully, Nagy doesn't get fired. I'm a Nagy fan, but if he did, I'd love Brian Dable. But we'll see what happens. Moving forward, this is Nagy's prove year. He's got his guys. He's got his pieces. I think the Bears just have to be reasonable for him to stay at least another year. Just yeah. So what reasonable. does that mean? Does that mean uh, what is that? Ten seven wins. Seven. Seven wins. Say seven. Seven wins. I genuinely do not. Yeah, I do not think he has any. His seat's not even warm, in my opinion. Chris, I think if he absolutely bombs. It's warm, but I just I don't see the Bears being that bad. The Bears will be competitive, I think. Right. So you're talking so about if, it, if his... are him? is that what you're saying, Luke? Yeah, no, that's not the... a bombing. If the Bears won... Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said. I thought you said if the Bears won like two or three games, they'll fucking fire him. But yeah, <laughs> if they, if they win like six or seven games, I think he's he's here. Yeah, I I. Yeah, that's a that's a long. I mean, that's a long ways away. I mean, we're talking about an entire season. Plus, I mean, I, man, I, I, I like Nagy. You know, he, he has his his definite challenges. His personnel usage is one of my biggest frustrations with him. But I think he's still fairly new in this. I think he has shown adaptation and the willingness to change. And I think he has a locker room that absolutely loves the dude. He minus Kyle Long and Nick Foles. So Kyle Long Long ain't in this offense no more. He ain't in this room no more. And we can talk about Nick Foles in two seconds, but. I want to talk about two things that Nagy did this year is he, you know, Danny Trevathan's grandmother has never seen him play ball. 
and he brought the woman out to practice, you know, got her on a golf cart. She was out there. Danny's crying, you know, blah, blah, blah. So that's, that's awesome. That's a cool thing to do. Second thing is to have his worst year as a pro. No, that's this year. He just did it this year. I'm just, I'm so pay attention. So the second thing he did is you touched on it for uh, briefly. Lucas is Robert Quinn's sister is a gold medal uh, winner at the Olympics. And, you know, Nagy had everybody out at the facility, watching it in the big room. Um, and, and I think that's really cool. You know, you bring your team together. That's, that's a bonding moment. Uh, that's a guy that has the locker room now for QB three. Hold on, hold does... on, hold on. Before okay. you go there, you're going to go there. My I agree with everything you said. I love Nagy as a coach. I think the players gener, gener, generally really like him. I think they gravitate toward him when times are tough. And I think he does a good job of riding the ship when the Bears are not playing too well. Like I feel like the Bears could have completely bombed last year. Like they, they stayed competitive. They ended up getting a playoff spot, yada, yada. I really think I don't like Nagy as a play caller. I don't think he has good rhythm in game or calls the a right string of plays. I would really, really like to see Nagy manage football games like he did when he gave up play calling. And I would really like to see Laser come in and call plays again like he did last year. That's my biggest thing. I would really like to see that. I think Nagy's too stubborn to do that again unless he's really flaming out. But that's my biggest gripe, and I'll leave it at that. I, I don't have a problem either way with that. I think uh, he learned a lot from having laser call plays, and I think it's really hard to get into a rhythm when you haven't had consistent QB play for right. Ever. I just it's it's just like when I say rhythm, like he'll go through stretches of like running the ball like six times in a row or throwing the ball like six times in a row, and he'll just forget about doing the other thing. I think laser had more of a general idea of mixing it up more using more play action the whole nine yards there i just think Nagy kind of game flow is he'll either try and pass it down your throat or run it down your throat and sometimes you see that and they'll do like three straight run plays and go three and out and gain like two yards it's just like what the fuck dude you know what i, I mean? agree it's like, i think it's, it's stuff like that that drives me nuts with it it's similar to you know like a baseball pitcher you know you have a guy that can just absolutely gas a dude and throw 100 miles an hour and he forgets that you know the game is more about changing speeds uh you know mixing it up going up and down with the ball and 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 in and out and, and throwing different pitches in there it's like Nagy forgets what's in his bag and uh that's a that's a fair assessment so I, I would like to see him have a little bit better flow structure to the game, set up plays to where, you know, you can utilize play action better or you can run the same play that you ran before, but now it's just a little tweak and looks a little different, but this guy's wide open now. Yeah, and then just like stuff like not using Tariq Cohen at the goal line, the whole nine yards, just like stop trying to outsmart the defense, like just run your shit, mix it up, you you know you're a good coach we'll leave you don't want to see i know uh you don't want to see santa slay run like three times a game where they <laughs> throw it to an offensive lineman you want to see our our actual skill position players get the ball luke <laughs> i mean i i don't i really don't mind that stuff if you have a lineman that can catch it's just like don't put your 170 pound running back up the middle like that's like putting yeah i agree like putting chris krugman out there for a handoff what did you we talk talked about, about that? You you wouldn't even get one yard. 
You wouldn't. Nope. None of us would. None of us are getting a yard in the NFL. We're getting yeah, a awesome. yard in the NFL, especially behind, behind, especially Kevin behind, Jenkins. behind Charles Leno, <laughs> Luke's behind hero, Kevin and behind James Daniels and Cody Whitehair, Sam and Mustafer and Chris Jermaine Effetti. Chris Krogman's giving me uh, Charles Leno as my lead blocker. I'm going to give him uh, Lachavius Simmons. I'll take it, man. At least the dude's a bully and doesn't. No, no, no. no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you Rashawn Coward. That's not fair, man. I don't want a D You're lineman. Done. You're done. Professional football player, coached Fine, I'll by. Take, I'll, I'll take a D lineman too. I'll take uh, Villanueva in front of me. Vanilla wafer. Yep. <laughs> He's bringing his weapon. He was a soldier. That's not fair. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's talk about QB three, please. Yeah, Nick Foles. Tell me about this goddamn press conference, Chris Krogman. Oh, I've been sleeping off in quarantine. It sounds like QB3 been popping off. What the hell is he uh, blaming the coaching staff? And, well, you know, give me, what's he been talking about? I mean, I mean, to, when it boils down to it, he's more or less saying that he, you know, was brought in to, to help start something and, and wasn't kept around to build anything. And that, you know, you all saw what happened in 2017, which, by my calendar still four years ago uh, when I had a pro bowl offensive line and, you know, this coaching staff from, from heaven and, you know, how awesome I was. And, and I'm, I'm better than that year right now. So uh, take that to the bank. I am dead serious. These aren't exact quotes, but this is more or less what homie said. Honestly say that the context of it was like his message to the Colts though. Like, he wasn't directly roasting the Bears, but he was directly roasting the Bears while talking to Frank Reich and the Colts coaching staff in front office. Right, Chris? That's the context of it. More or like less. Make, I mean, he, making he did a case have a, to get him out. He had a lot of nice things to say about Frank Reich. I don't have anything negative to say about Frank Reich. My, my beef is with Nick Foles and honestly with the Bears for letting QB3 have the microphone because there was zero point in that. And dude's up there spitting about how, you know, Frank Reich is one of his favorite, if not his favorite coaches he's ever played for. He knows him. He built the offense around him in 2017. You saw it, how he, how, how they changed the offense to fit me insinuating that the bears didn't essentially bring Foles in to run the offense that he ran before and looked like absolute dog shit doing it. Uh, guess what? We didn't have the offensive line you did in, in Philly, bro. We didn't have guys that could go up and get it like, you know, you did in Philly or uh, have a Zach Ertz, you know, to run that offense. I'm sorry that it's not the Super Bowl team that you were a part of. Uh, but to publicly say that you rejected trades because they didn't fit the, your system and the fact that the Bears even allowed you to be in that conversation is is gracious and you should accept that and keep your mouth shut in a public forum. And that's my problem with uh, QB three and his, his, you know, number nine attitude. The best thing about him is that he's, you know, out here with the threes and it, he, he is a professional quarterback and he's teaching these guys something. Cause Dude, I don't know if you saw the video today, he was out there running with the threes and he threw like a 30 yard pass down the field that got dropped in the end by the defense. <laughs> he, was playing, he was playing versus third stringers and getting his shit fucking batted down and was he scared, but was he running around like tony larusa running out of the dugout for the white he, Sox the other day he actually did he actually did make a nice step up in the pocket and toss a ball downfield but 
I mean, he's yeah. humongous and he's got a big arm. That's, I mean, good for him. He's still a nincompoop who holds on to the ball too long. I personally, I kind of, I have this weird soft spot in my heart for Nick Foles. I, I think he's, a, yeah, be I, I think he is a good quarterback when you give him a great offensive line. He is just so immobile that if there is any type of pressure on this man and he has no type time to like, he needs like four seconds in the pocket to fucking throw. And to be honest with you, most quarterbacks can be really good with that kind of time in the pocket, but that's what he was getting in Philly because they were able to run their play action and he was able to uncork these insane deep balls. Like you said, that he had Alshon and Zach Ertz to go up and get it. And I don't know that, that Super Bowl run though. It just, it was one of the greatest runs I've ever seen in the span of two games. Like it was crazy. I, you know, I, I, I had Nick Foles back last year. I thought it was a, a decent ad. You know, it was unfortunate that they gave up a fourth, um, but a, apparently the, the Colts were trying to add him as well and, and, and offered a fifth and we had to, you know, offer a little bit more if we wanted a guy who quote unquote knew the offense and, and whatnot. And I think there was some benefits to him having him now uh, is, is, you know, we've we've touched a little dead bit weight. on can't yes, get rid of him as dead weight. At, at, well, especially when he's up there rejecting trades as the QB three. Like, bro, you don't you want to he said he wants to go to a place where he knows people, you know, knows the system, more or less doesn't want to start over and so on and so forth. It's like when the hell did employees get so much say in what they get to do in this in this NFL? That's well, does he have a no trade clause? Is that the front office? Yeah, is that him or is that the front office? I mean, if he's got a no trade clause, it's on him. My, the, I'm pretty sure. Let me see if I can find exactly what he said. He I, talked about uh, there I, were they asked him specifically if he, you know, was open to a trade or if he had been involved with trade talks, and he yeah, said he yes. He doesn't have a no a no trade clause. Yeah, that would be ridiculous. So maybe I agree. Mr. I think you're misdirecting your anger. Uh, like a little bit of that no. is on the Bears front office. If the Bears front office didn't trade him when they had the chance, that's a hundred percent on them. They're stupid. Send him to whoever the fuck will give you anything for him. Exactly. I don't care what you want. I don't care what exactly. you want. Exactly. My, my other point. My other point is: Did the Bears just send him up there as a PR stunt because they knew that Wentz went down and they're trying to unload him? Like, did they just put him on the mic to say that to <laughs> to to kind of plead his case to Frank? I don't know. He said, uh, you know, I haven't talked to him, but he's, you know, he knows me. The way he went like he he, all that shit about him was like, you would think the Bears almost told Yeah, yeah. The Bears put him up there at the perfect time. We didn't hear from Tyler Bray last year, the last three or four years. (laughs) Fuck out of here. God damn. They never put Tyler Bray up on the mic. Who cares what he had to say? This dude's on Miller Light number four. Nah, man. Uh, I, I ain't here in Tyler Bray, bro. I don't care what the third string quarterback has to say. Exactly. That's exactly. You're, I, you're not wrong, Lucas. It is on the Bears. But, and you're probably right. He probably doesn't have a no trade, but I feel like somebody said that. There, there's no way he has a no trade clause. No, but it, it was as of March 3rd. It was you, March okay. What I'm saying, though, Chris, is do you think the Bears put him up there as like a PR stunt for the Colts? to try and unload him to the Colts. Because that is like Joe said, it is the perfect timing. There's like, you that happened before the Wentz news though. That happened before the Wentz news. I thought it happened like, no, but Wentz, Wentz got hurt three days before that. 
And okay, but it, it we didn't out. know this. Right, we didn't know the severity of the Wentz, the uh, Wentz sure. uh, injury. I don't think. Well, maybe if so, we, then I mean, I guess. In, who knows about right. people in league circles? That's what I'm saying. I I don't know. It's just just the timing of it is odd. It would not shock me that the Bears put him up there to beg his way out for them to get a seventh or sixth or whatever the fuck a seventh round pick. Who cares? I guess they did. All right, now hear me out though. Listen to this. Would this the Bears would never do this? What if Wentz just say Wentz was down for a significant amount of time? If I was the Bears, I would trade Andy Dalton. I would be like, I, I would try and get a fourth or a fifth for Andy Dalton. I would trade his ass right to Indianapolis. That would be the biggest Ryan Pace brass balls move of all time. To sign Andy Dalton to $10 million, trade him away, and then start fields and have Foles as his backup for a year. That would be wild. <laughs> Could you imagine? Chris is looking at me like I have fucking three heads. Could you imagine that? I I don't imagine like just absolute ridiculousness like that. It's just absurd. Just I just come on. Yeah. So then what? You're gonna have Justin Fields and Nick fucking Foles? Come on, bro. Chris, it's time for the the fight song, bro. It's time to field starting. Yeah. Okay. And then you just cross about not having Charles Leno on the roster before insurance. And then you're cool with running a four-four quarterback who likes to run out there. And if anything happens to Fields, you got Nick Foles. You good with that for a fourth or fifth? He's either frozen or he just does not know what to say. What are you gonna do? Not play me because the offensive line sucks? Like I said, you got. Not play no, who? Frozen. But my point is, what are you going to do? Not play in this year because the offensive line sucks? Again, that's, that's Pace getting caught with his pants down. No, man, you're fucking... No, no. Yeah, you're talking about... You're talking about trading Andy Dalton, though. That's the... Stay in the context of the conversation. That's not what I'm saying. I didn't say don't play Justin Fields because the offensive line sucks. I said don't trade Andy Dalton because he's a better serviceable backup than Nick Foles is. Trade Nick Foles for a sixth or seventh or whatever, rather than a fourth oh, or I fifth would, for Dalton. If you could get that's a fourth my, or a that's fifth my for point. Dalton, I would do that in a heartbeat and keep Foles as the backup. I would no. as a backup QB. That's, that's why you. That's who why you're cares? on a podcast. Yeah, who cares about a backup no. QB? Who cares? Who cares? Um, it's the most important position on the field. A clipboard holder. What's the point How of many... Andy Dalton if you're just going to dump him off for a fourth round draft pick? And, you know what? What the what the hell's the point of that? He's trolling us now, Joe. It's, uh, Chris, do you know the words? Uh, yeah. You got to pull it up. The words. You ready? Three, two. A freaking Andy Dalton. Bear down to Chicago I'm not even singing your song. Bear the way to victory. Bear down like to Chicago Bears. Bears. Put up a My name fight is Chris Kroger. Fearlessly. We're going to forget the way. Week one. 
with your T-formation. Bear down, down. Charles Leno. Let him know why you're wearing the crown. Soft to Charmin. And joy of Illinois. Chicago Bears, bear down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.